0: Coming off a record-setting win in downtown Salt Lake City, the comeback Cougs almost pulled off a second amazing rally in as many weeks. Now, BYU looks to bounce back on a big week with an in-state game and a top 25 team on tap. The coach, Mark Pope, is here, along with guest Trevin Nell, next on BYU TV.
1: This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Yeah, we yeah, are.
0: Please, feel free. Yes. Uh, welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah. It's another hour of Cougar Hoops conversation. Great to have you joining us live on the BYU TV and the BYU radio apps. For those of you joining us live, you're always invited to use the Opine Instant Polling app. Download that app and then watch the side of the screen for a poll questions throughout tonight's broadcast. And a reminder to use the social media hashtag, hashtag Pope Show all of your social media doings tonight. Tonight's broadcast will include a look back at a pulsating weekend setback in Salt Lake City. Assistant coach Cahill Fennell will join us in the film room. We'll look ahead to tomorrow's in-state showdown with UVU and a weekend clash with Creighton. Trevin Nell is our in-studio guest. We've got a Q&A segment for coach and Trevin. BYU Hoops trivia at the end of the show and a special Christmas edition of Name That Tune. Get tonight's show underway by saying hello to the head coach of the Cougars. He is Mark Pope. How you doing, brother? Coach Pope, uh, these are my my favorite sweats. I do love these. Yes, I do too. This is a good look. I see the guys, and I'm thinking, that is sharp. You know, you don't see a lot of just straight black, but then black and cream. It's kind of a cool old school vibe. I like it. I, I like it a lot.
2: And I was gonna go down a morning path with the black two, but I'm not going there.
0: Yeah. It's a good look. Um, What's on Coach Pope's mind tonight? Um,
2: Good question.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I am, well, we had a tough day Saturday. Yep. And so um, I think everybody can relate to that experience of having a, a really bad day and then a really, really long night and only getting a couple hours sleep, and the thing is waking up in the morning, because you wake up in the morning, splitting headache, and super dry throat, and you've kind of, you know when you've collapsed on the bed, and you, you're so tired, you don't remember anything, so you sleep in a really uncomfortable position? And that's bad, but then all of a sudden you remembered what happened yesterday, and it's the worst, and then you try and convince yourself that there's some excuse to not go to church even though you have to conduct in my <laughs> congregation, I have to conduct the meeting. <laughs> and, and then your mind just swirls around with like all the unanswered questions about how to do it. And it's, um, it's actually one of my favorite things in the world. It's awful, but I love it so much because in, a, in athletics, we get to be in the middle of it. Like you get to be stuck in the middle of the chaos the and all struggle. of the, yes. yeah. And then if you've done it long enough, you realize how beautiful it is when you pull yourself out, when your team pulls itself out. Sometimes it takes a long time, sometimes it comes quick but we're in the middle of the story right now and I'm really grateful for that.
0: So you're talking about um, embracing the process of it all.
2: Yeah, and it's just as painful as you can imagine. I think we all share in that pain. And, but it's also beautiful because you get to see guys grow and become something and like, we're just like ripped wide open, raw, these young guys are that are chasing their dreams and trying so hard to grow and trying so hard to perform is it is like you can't take one without the other it's it's like opposition in all things right it's, it's a it's a gospel concept but but um it is it is pretty extraordinary
0: and then the hope is we're doing a show eight or nine weeks from now yep. and we're looking back at this time and yeah. saying remember when and taking a pull, things you can pull out of it and yeah. say this was important for yeah, us.
2: yes and we've done that yeah we've done that for it it's actually really special the greatest thing about sports
0: uh, you know, we know that usually the first week of December uh, means the net rankings start to be a thing. Yeah. And the first net rankings came out this week and they're not where you usually find yourself yeah. in net. But again, you're talking about if there's a process, you're going to hopefully see a climb as the season goes along to yeah. be where you want to end yeah.
2: up. We'd love to. You know, our metrics are not great right now on any front. Uh, but that's you know that's that's part of it. Uh, right now we're chasing growth really really hard. We got a really f- fun group of young guys that have a ton of growth potential, and um, we're going to get challenged in a massive way again tomorrow night in an in-state game, and then. Saturday and, you know, against one of the top teams in the country. And it just, it just
0: doesn't end, which thankfully it doesn't. Yeah, You said in your weekly uh, media availability today that you're trying to win games yep. with young guys yep. and it's hard to do for a lot of teams.
2: Right? Yeah, but it's a fun challenge. It's really fun. I mean, cause, uh, just like all of Cougar Nation, when they sit down in the arena or sit down at home on TV, um, I don't have any idea what's going to happen either. And it's actually magical. But what is happening is these guys are growing. And, and like we're really encouraged by a bunch of the metrics that were trending very much in the right way, even though the outcome sat- Saturday was super disappointing.
0: Uh, injury updates. Do you have anything for us on either – and Trevin Nell's our guest. Yeah. We can talk to Trevin of course, yeah. himself, of course. Well,
2: just let me give you guys a heads up. Trevin is going to say he's cleared to play tomorrow. <laughs> and he's months away from being cleared to play. <laughs> but he will tell you that on live television tonight.
0: Is it really months? Could it be a season where
2: maybe he he has to sit it out? I don't know. Or, we'll you know. see. It's just going to depend on how how it goes right now. He's you know he's probably several weeks away from even the most light contact, mm. and um, then it's just a matter on how how. Quickly, it gets strong, right? So he's got to protect his shoulder.
0: Okay, and then no surgery for Spencer Johnson. When you guys, when he
2: comes on and says he thinks he's going to be cleared to play tomorrow, will you guys just react like you're super excited? And like
0: you believe it. Okay, Uh, (laughs) Spence, uh, not going to be operated on, which is positive, but he's still on the sideline, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, sometime we'll talk about this injury. I don't want to talk about it now because um, I keep trying to convince myself that he could be back any day also. It may
0: not be any day. No. Okay. All right. Um, gosh, uh, it's been a grind. Yeah,
2: but it's, it's awesome. You know what? Uh, we, we've, been talking about, we've been talking a lot about the price of winning. There's this unbelievable little video that's out on social media of Michael Jordan uh, from The Last Dance talking about the price of winning and the price of leadership. We've been talking a lot about, as a team about the price of winning because that's something young teams need to learn. For example, we're walking into an in-state game, and when you play against uh, other teams in the state, you could just throw out. All of everything, nothing matters because it's just a free-for-all. It's like going in the backyard with your brother, right, and just beating each other up, and, and it, it, it really doesn't matter who's better. It just matters who fights more. And so the, this price of winning, so we actually don't have a single player on our team um, from last year's team that is playing in this game besides for Foos. Foos is the only guy. He came off the bench and that Fuse day. Foos actually wasn't expected to play. as just Gavin, Gavin gets hurt. towards ACL. ACL. Yeah. And so, you know, Gideon was sick, so he didn't play last year. And then Spence and Trevor both hurt. And so, so this transfer, this normal kind of uh, transfer of understanding of what the, the price of winning is, is, is we kind of have to learn it on the fly, which is super fun. But I'll tell you the other thing I love about sports. I'm gonna wax poetic for a second. We live in this in this place right now where we always talk about entitlement. I think every older generation's always talked about the younger generation. Like there's there's this sense of entitlement. And there is like it's super fun to talk about all the stuff, neither good or bad. It's just what it is that that um, you know. We finally got to universal healthcare, which is a right, and and we're trying to pay for everybody's college uh, tuition, free college, which is uh, which is an entitlement, which is a right, and and you know, there's you just go down the long list of things. But the one thing that will never be touched by this entitlement notion is winning. Because you don't get gifted winning. You have to go take it. And that's actually, it's one of the things I love about sports too is like, you have to go take it. You have to go earn it. There's no shortcut. There never will be. You can't, uh, you know, you can't change that and that's one of the great things about sport also.
0: Okay, so you mentioned uh, Michael Jordan the last dance a few minutes ago as yep. you were talking. Uh, you also spoke today with the press yep. about Michael Jordan in a different setting. You And you brought this up. Um, you know, we all remember the fact that he he, he has almost back-to-back three-peats separated yep. by his baseball career. But before the first 3 Pete, before those first wins over the pistons that were so hard to get in the lakers uh there was there were years of losing and there were years of playoff exit after exit and he's spectacular the whole time yes but it's exit after exit after exit it took years before he gets to the stage and then they started coming but it took a while
2: yeah it's one of the great things i mean it's one of the all-time greatest to ever compete in anything right maybe the greatest competitor of all time in any sport i don't know But it was seven years, it was 700 games. Think about that, before he ever won a title. It's a long time, that's two college careers. Well, for some guys, it's seven college careers. But, like that's actually my favorite part of the story. Because there was a million times where he could have gone away or or became frustrated or disillusioned, he didn't, he just kept banging against it, banging against it, banging against it, until finally he broke through. It's 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 pretty great. And our guys are you know, our guys are learning that right now about this price of winning. Michael Jordan learned the price of winning. It took him seven years to learn it at the NBA level, seven years, 700 games to learn the real price of winning. And um, and it's a lesson that, you know, changes you. So it's pretty exciting.
0: As someone who shared the floor with him as an opponent. You only saw him sporadically compared to his teammates who were with him yep. every day. Could you just see in those briefest of glimpses as a competitor what you were talking about right now? In terms of when you talk about competitor and it gets kind of bandied around a bit, what, yeah. was, what was it like to be in that environment? You know, it was
2: actually interesting. What was really interesting, because I was just there Mike's last year with the Bulls. So that was my rookie year. So I, don't, I didn't, I mean, everything was new and exciting and whatever. But, but um, the one thing that was really um, incredible to me was how every other competitor in the league saw Mike. Like, everybody in the league had taken their shot at challenging him, and he had silenced everybody into this sense of, like, hey, just don't <laughs> ruffle his feathers, man. <laughs> maybe, he just, maybe we just kind of keep him calm tonight where he doesn't kill us. Uh, but the, the, the revere and the reverence that he was, um, that, that, that his, his most archrival foes, the respect that they paid him was, was pretty impressive, and he earned
0: it because he just dominated everybody. All right, let's flash forward, and uh, the Cougs have just wrapped up a run of five games outside of the Marriott Center, three in the Bahamas, two at Arena in Salt Lake City, and it was a split decision uh, for BYU last week on the home floor of the Utah Jazz, win over Westminster on Tuesday, then it was a showdown with South Dakota on Saturday. Let's take a brief look back at that one now with some highlights and stats presented by Intermountain Healthcare. BYU and South Dakota Saturday afternoon was a Saturday matinee. And uh, BYU's only coach, only lead in the game, came a few minutes after this at 8 to 7. Yep. It was tough to get back on top yep. of these guys.
2: Yeah, and we just, um, you know, we, we just, uh, we weren't functioning at a high level. Uh, we, we had a tough time uh, making shots. On the offensive end in the first half, and on the defensive end, man, we could not get a stop for life. Us, we had some communication errors um, defensively, especially in ball screen defense. We were backwards a lot, and a lot of that was uh, credit to um, how South Dakota was able to spread the floor, and also the pace that they were playing with in their half court offense was super disruptive to us, and we just couldn't find answers.
0: Cruz Perro Hunt. The fellow, we're seeing right there was a guy forced into action by an injury to AJ Plitzewite. Yeah. Chris Parra kind of had to, run, had to run the point for him. Had a, had a great game.
2: Yeah, he had a great game, and you know they, they did a great job kind of forcing us into rotations. And we were not we, we were very undisciplined in our, in our rotations. A lot of times we're bringing two guys to the bottom. We were we were getting nobody the first pass or bringing two guys to the first pass, and so we were over rotating. It wasn't a lack of effort. It was it was a hyper effort that was getting us in trouble. It was a lack of discipline on the defense. End. They really, really got us in trouble in the first half, and then you know, we were able to turn things around in the second half.
0: The three-point shot was such a big part of this game. Yep. It took a while until you got on track, but uh, you, you knocked a few down and it got, it got you back, it helped to get you back in the game.
2: Yeah, we, we didn't end up shooting the ball well f- for the game. We didn't make you know, we couldn't make a shot in the first half, but um, we shot a little better in the second half. But you know, I was really proud of our defensive effort in terms of just being disruptive and staying with it in the second half.
0: I think that was their last field goal made. Yeah, it ten minutes to play. They
2: went through a 10 minutes. Stretch um, where, where they didn't score, um, and it gave us a chance to jump back in the game. Um, but we just couldn't quite get over the get over the hump.
0: Great rally though, as uh, Trey Stewart with the steal, and BYU's right there, and and the shots kept coming at important time. Great offensive rebound here from the Foose. And Rudy knocks down a triple, and this is after you'd come back from down 23 yep. in yep. the first half. Now you're down 21 in the yep. second half, and you're, yep. and you're thinking we're going to do this.
2: Yep. Yeah, we. Um, there's no shortage of fight in these guys. Like they, they, they got a whole bunch of try. Like they are all over that. Um, we we, we got to grow our toughness a little bit, and we got to grow our physicality. We got to grow our understanding of winning and what that takes. But in terms of these guys trying and like being game and staying in it, they're um, they've been incredibly resilient and impressive throughout the first. Third of the season. Did you have a timeout left there or not? We great, didn't. Did we? It was and it was. I was super upset about it. You know, with the 104, 106, a uh, minute left, I called a timeout. I knew it was our last one. We were trying to make that last push to actually get in the game. And so with eight seconds left, they missed their second. The you know 7.6 or 7.4 seconds left, they missed their the free throw, and we desperately needed a timeout right there, just with this young team to bring them in, kind of get them settled. We end up getting a shot. Is, you know it's and it was it was a it was a good effort. It's not exactly what we would have hoped to how we would have hoped to attack it, but in that situation, guys are just doing the best they can. You know. Uh, with no instruction, and and like I said, I thought our guys made an incredible effort to get back in
0: the game. We just didn't play very well. I thought it might it might have been that it was meant to be because the guy who missed the free throws there until that moment was 15 for yep. 16 on the yep. year at the line. Yep. To miss one free throw all year, yep. he misses back to back. You have a shot.
2: And that was actually super surprising to us because we went into that as he was preparing for three throws. We had just a second to talk to the guys in passing, and we we're kind of talking about two or three point game. It ended up being a one point right. game and. And so you, th- you approach that possession so much different. Our guys were on the other side of the court. He misses it, so you're playing with a live ball. And it was just, it was just a, it was a lot for our guys to digest
0: yeah. in that short time. In any game that tight, uh, there's bound to be some 50-50 balls yep. and 50-50 calls yep. uh, that don't always go your way. And it was kind of that way again, too. Yeah,
2: I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, you find me a fan or a coach or a player that's ever been satisfied with the with the reffing of the game, ever win or lose, and I will call you a liar. <laughs> um, but it's just the nature of the job. And, and um, it's just, uh, you know, there, there were there were there were good calls and, and missed calls on both sides. But there were some really frustrating calls like this one. Thanks for pointing that out uh, that, that made made the comeback a little more difficult.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, Dallin Hall yeah. was the guy they were looking at, uh, and, yeah. and tagged with a couple in a really important stage they're, of the game.
2: You know, it's it's sometimes young referees get caught up in the moment too, just like young players, and it happens. It's a hard job, and I wish that it wasn't the case. It always will be, and. This is
0: what it is. It was a long day in a lot of ways. It was a literally long day. It was a long game. Yeah. Uh, the pace of the game, very difficult down the stretch, a lot of stoppages.
2: Yeah, it was last stop and a lot in of In some that, ways
0: it benefits, maybe it doesn't,
2: though. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a lot of that was due to us. We pressed the whole second half. We were in a, in a really aggressive zone field uh, in the half court the whole second half. And so that, you know, most people think about pressing the game as speeding up, but it doesn't. It does exactly the opposite. It, it, it slows it down, and it certainly did in, in our case. And it was almost enough.
0: You had a school record 19 threes at Vivant last week. Uh, a few days later, same floor, same shooters, different day. Uh, you yeah. went 0 for 12, and then 1 for 17 before they started yeah. dropping.
2: And uh, the 0 for 12 actually, for the most part, I liked all the shots. They were shots we earned. We're seeing uh, some of them here, yeah. Yeah, and and, and most of them were were catch and shoot shots that we earned each other, and. Um, and, you know, where I was really disappointed is in the first half we only had three offensive rebounds, and that's actually the place where we clean it up when, when we don't make shots. We, you know, we're averaging over 10 a game. I think we ended up with 13 in this game, 12 or 13, but, but we were not as aggressive and active on the offensive glass as we needed to be in the first half, and that's how you answer that.
0: Um, that's how you answer not shooting well, and we just didn't answer it the way we needed to. South Dakota, meantime, is going 12 no. for 23 no. from the arc. On the, you no. see what they shot today at Air Force? No. They were three for 21 from three.
2: And it happens. It happens. And, and, and the thing is, like, listen, you, we never want to boil this game down to making shots or missing shots because then it feels like it's not in our control. Mm-hmm. Like, we should be able to win when we don't make shots. And, and um, you know, that's what good teams do. Good teams win when they don't make make shots. And, and we just weren't good enough to
0: do that on Saturday. We almost did win. Well, this uh, BYU team with uh, many newcomers includes a fresh face on the bench alongside Coach Pope. And tonight, for the first time, We get to hear from new assistant coach Cahill Fennell inside the film room with our Jerem Jordan.
4: All right, Cahill, let's talk about uh, South Dakota and just jump right in. About 10 minutes left in the second half. They hit a three-pointer that puts them up 21 at this point a game high.
3: Yeah, this is obviously a really disappointing stretch for us. Um, You know, we put ourselves in such a significant hole in the first half, and here we're trying to press a little bit, trying to change the pace of the game. Um, Try to make them a little bit uncomfortable with what we're doing full court and we had some miscommunication on the back end of this thing They get a wide open three from a really good shooter and Paul bronze and that was really the story of the game So
4: against Dayton you're down 23 more than this you come back and win Uh, you had trailed against eight by 18 against Butler So it's not out of the realm of possibility at this point But here we go again Um, What's the conversation like around this time of coming back because you guys make a good attempt?
3: Yeah, I think, to your point, making a good attempt is great, but I mean, this isn't high school anymore, right? I mean, we're here to win games, we're here to compete for championships, and with performances like this, and with performances like this first half in particular, you're going to put yourself in a really tough position if you do want to compete for championships, truly, if you're really serious about that. So, for us, it was was just a real sense of frustration and disappointment, and... You know, obviously the sequence really kind of encapsulated what made this game difficult as far as defensive miscommunication and wide open shots for great shooters and um, just put ourselves in a bad spot.
4: Okay, well said. Let's look at some of the carnage, I suppose. Uh, With seven minutes to go, Noel Waterman hits a three that cuts it to ten at this point.
3: Yeah, this, you know, you made the point about Dayton and Butler and there is precedent for us coming back and then showing some resilience and I was really proud of our guys for the second half fight back. Um, Dallin does a really nice job making the read here on the ball screen coverage and Noah does a really nice job of what we call snapping up uh, on the back end of this thing. Some people call it a lift or a trade, makes himself available on the right wing Uh Noah a tremendous shooter and he knocks it down.
4: Okay, with 114 left, Rudy. Cuts this thing to five after the offensive rebound from Foos.
3: Yeah, it is an awesome job by Foos. You know, Foos creates contact early on the offensive glass, secures the offensive rebound, and then feels the pressure from the collapsing defense and kicks it out to the corner to a wide open shooter. And Rudy, uh, Rudy Rudy's shown the, the, the capability throughout his career to be a really high level shooter as well. And uh, fortunately for us, he shot it with confidence and knocked it down.
4: At this point, down five, it's, it was 21 nine minutes ago. You feeling like, hey, we're going to do this again?
3: Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that's certainly the hope. I, you know, you're, I'm not thinking too much of big picture. I'm just thinking about play by play by play, right? So how can we get a stop on this next possession, which is those stops and, and you know, stringing together stops, stacking together stops has been so elusive for us. Uh, we did a much, much better job in the second half. Um, But that was really just the thought process. Okay, how can we get a stop or a turnover on this next possession to put ourselves in a position to tie this game?
4: Okay, later, Dallin Hall. This felt like Idaho State, but with a, a screen and roll here with Foose he gets an and one and trims this thing to three.
3: Yeah, Dallin did a fantastic job, especially in the second half, really kind of calming us down, running our offense. He made us look a lot more like us, right? Um, he did an awesome job of replicating what BYU basketball is supposed to look like from the point guard position, utilizing ball screens, involving the teammates, hitting the roll, hitting snaps. Um, and then this is an example here, just playing with poise, attacking a switch on a ball screen and getting all the way to the rim. So um, from a Dallin Hall perspective, I thought he did a fantastic job and, and uh, did his best to keep us in a position to win the game.
4: Career high, 14 points, six assists, no turnovers. He had a he had a nice game uh, on offense. Absolutely. Then later, uh, Rudy Williams, eight for eight from the free throw line. He hits his two. Paul Bruns misses both. We're showing two timeouts here, but you have no timeouts. So you had already written up and drawn up what you wanted to do, and Rudy Williams gets... Uh, this look. Break this play down for me.
3: Yeah, to your point about not having no timeouts, we really just wanted our guys to be at attack mode, right? Rudy received the ball here with over five seconds to go, um, plenty of time for him to get downhill. And with, with uh, Foos setting this drag ball screen, uh, we really wanted to kind of. Give him the the opportunity to get downhill, get in the painted area, maybe draw a foul, uh, maybe be a little bit more aggressive getting to the basket. Um, Rudy feels really comfortable with this pull up jump shot, and that's what he felt was the right play at the right time. And uh, unfortunately for us, he missed it. But um, you know, Rudy's such a talented offensive player. He had 20 points in this game, and um, we, all, to a man, everybody in this room feels really confident with the ball in his hands to make shots in big moments. And uh, unfortunately, this time it didn't fall.
4: Where do you go from here? Because certainly this loss is unacceptable. As you mentioned, you guys want to compete for championships. This This isn't a game you lose, so what's the message and mindset from here on out?
3: Yeah, I think it's just about progressing and continuing to get better, right? I think a program like BYU, we have the talent that we have, which is really high level, um, but where we really hang our hat is player development and development of our group as a whole. So um, moving forward, it's just about getting better game to game, practice to practice. And, um, you know, we have to get better today in practice. We have to get better in our preparation for Utah Valley, which is a really good team. He's going to be fired up to play us. And when we continue to kind of stack those kind of improving days, you know, hopefully we'll be right where we want to be. But um, it just starts with an attitude of improvement and getting better every day.
4: Okay, well, good luck Wednesday against UVU. Thanks for the
3: time. Thank you.
0: All right, to Coach Fennell, new to your staff. What can you share about what he brings to BYU basketball? He's really
2: good, isn't he? Yeah. Hey, he's, a, he's, an elite level he's he's an elite-level communicator. He's developing great relationships with our guys. He's a terrific instructor. He's really smart about the game of basketball. He's got an unbelievable demeanor, which is a great for me because I'm super emotional all over the joint. He's, he's pretty level, he's isn't he? He's super even-keeled yeah. and, and really professional. He's, he's, a, he's a gift to BYU. It's pretty awesome.
0: Came here from Louisville, right? Yep. That's right. Great. Good to have him. we'll have more of him, for sure, as we break this reminder that for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, tune to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Weekdays, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, 10 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll welcome in special guest Trevin Nell as BYU basketball with Mark Pope
1: continues. Stay with us. We're back in a minute. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. And by Smith's, fresh for everyone.
0: All right, uh, welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Well, after an off-season of multiple arrivals and a few departures, it was a welcome sight to see a few important holdovers on the 2022-23 BYU men's basketball roster. And even though his season debut for this year is still to come, probably can't come soon enough for Cougar Nation. We're excited to see him back on the floor again. Excited to have him back in Studio C. Please welcome in tonight's special guest, Trevin Nell. I good God. to see you again. Welcome
2: back. How oh, are so comfortable.
5: All right. So you don't want the seat?
0: No, you, no, you got you no, the, the, the big chair. Yeah. You the hot yeah. seat.
2: I am nice. actually off the clock right now. I just get to sit in with you. <laughs> That's cool.
0: I like your shoes. Those are sweet. <laughs> Thank you. What model are those? The, I'm pretty sure they're
5: the 97s. Very nice. Thank good you. look.
0: Um, all the right, 97s? So. The 1997s.
5: Is that from 1997? You got to ask Bobby on that I don't one. Know about, <laughs> I don't know anything about names.
2: <laughs>
0: So for those that are wondering, wow, why is he just uh, on the show and on the sidelines, but not on the floor right now? What happened to you and when? Um,
5: So I tore my rotator cuff tendon. Um, I had problems last year with my shoulder, like kind of like the beginning of the year. And uh, Rob Ramos, our trainer, we did a lot of stuff to try to, like, get through the season. Um, And then as soon as the season ended, we did some other, like, experimental stream with, like, PRP and stuff, but it came down to it I just needed surgery. So we're doing a lot of rehab. I'm shooting the ball again, so we're, we're getting there. <laughs>
0: okay, Coach Pope warned that, that his prognosis and your prognosis might
1: not exactly different.
5: line completely up different.
0: Right <laughs> <laughs> Completely different. Completely <laughs> different. So how are you treating things right now about when you might be able to play? Um, well, according to him, it's, it's a little future, like.
5: <laughs> but... Uh, we have like a great support staff here, like Coach Short and um, Rob Ramos. Like they've been with me every single day for the past two and a half months. So shork has been getting me my body back in shape. So I feel condition-wise, like I feel great. So now it's just getting that muscle, because this part of my muscle tore as well as the tendon. So it's just getting that muscle back, because the functionally my shoulder is 100%. Now it's just getting the physicality back into it and. Um, kind of that endurance. so And being able to withstand hits and all that's that the, stuff. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing right now. So yeah. I try to jump into drills here and there for practice. And this guy always he spots like, you. He looks, <laughs> he's like, who's who's letting him do this? And I'm like, come on, coach. <laughs> we have a
2: rebounding drill where you literally run full speed, like five f- four steps, full speed into a pad. And you try and bang it with your shoulder and back up. And all of a sudden, I look over and Trev is in line. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening here?
5: I was just trying to jump in today, actually. And I see him out of my corner of my eye kind of looking. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, damn, I want to get yelled at again. He
2: spotted me. <laughs> Trev, Trev finally got cleared for, to, you know, for a little while. He could just shoot from 15 feet. And he, what, 10 days ago, got cleared to shoot a three. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he got cleared to shoot a three, and he made
0: one. And as soon as he made it, he ran over. He's like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Starting lineup tonight. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But you are out there. I see you out there you're shooting. Does that part feel like how does it come back that way?
5: Um, when I first started, it was definitely like getting over the mental aspect of it because I'm shooting and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this going to hurt my shoulder. And then I finally met with the doc and the doc's like, okay, shooting's not going to hurt it like at all. Like you might get like sore, but it's not going to hurt it. And so once I got over that mental aspect, uh, like I've been shooting really well. This last week I shot with Coach Cahill. And we shot over 200 threes, and I made 72% of them. Mm. So, like, that way I'm back, you
0: know.
2: <laughs> you usually make 80. He usually okay, but 80. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm slowly getting there. <laughs> Coach, what, what do you think? Uh, if you had to just call it, do you think we see him playing? I this? would play him tomorrow.
2: It's not me that's holding up. It's actually Tatum.
0: <laughs> His wife. T- Tatum is crazy. actually the
2: up because Tatum actually had to go <laughs> with him to surgery, and she was in post-op with him. And so were you, technically.
5: I know. So <laughs> I was calling you.
2: So Tatum and Trev FaceTimed me while he was still he was still coming too, and he was uh, like nine thousand percent loopy. And so Tatum is like, I am not going through that again. So she has demanded that you get a hundred percent healthy before we throw you back in there.
0: Tatum is uh, and and she's mortified that you called her out this way, but she's out in the audience here next to Leanne. You've been married for a year and what three months now? Four months was yep. it? Been? Okay, so excellent. Good to have you here, Tatum. Thanks for being here. i not story.
2: I'm <laughs> I'm a we, we have no, different opinions. totally kidding. That is actually not true. That's not true at all. Although we do have, did we screen record that call? I think we did.
5: Yeah, Cougar Nation is going to see it pretty
2: soon. At some point. It's, it's going to be posted soon. <laughs> Ooh. Come, 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 come to a game winner and you put that on there you go. go. Long road to recovery. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. I love it. You've got um, two years of eligibility left, right? yep you're a junior right now um how much of that weighs into what you want to do or not do in terms of how much of a season would you need to feel like I got a season in as opposed to hey you know
5: that's a great question I think that's something that me and coach are going to talk about once I become like to that point where I'm like there you know um but it's gonna be a long conversation with us um but I definitely have lofty goals I know before the season I wanted to like I had a goal to break Jimmer's record you know like I have goals to break all these different records and help our team get to the next level and get to the NCAA tournament. And um, I know this team is super special this year. And so if there's a way I can help it and we can go really far, like that's hard to turn down as well. So. Yeah.
0: Coach Pope, tactically, you miss a lot without him, don't you? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, we do. I'm super pissed at him. <laughs> like really, this is the first time I've spoken to him since he got hurt. <laughs> so, yeah, we miss a lot. Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's one of the most dangerous shooters in the country. Um, and he's he's uh he's turned into a really really physical driver and a playmaker and he even claims that from time to time he can guard. He says, <laughs> that's what he said to me. He said, like, how's your defense? Today? I'm like, it's good. I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, we miss it. Mostly we miss it. You know, we miss right now what we miss the most is having anybody on this roster that's been through the wars, right? Yeah. We just don't have anybody that's, that's felt it and experienced it and been a part of it. And Trev brings such a confidence to the game and a confidence to the floor and a competence to the floor that we really miss him. And so, you know, if, if, you know, at the point where he's healthy enough to go, I, I can't wait to get him back on the floor.
0: Last couple of things before the break here, Trev. Uh, you went on a mission to a big soccer country, yeah? Yeah, it was a little depressing, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, were you watching World Cup? I was.
5: Uh, I was definitely watching the USA and Netherlands game. That was also a little depressing as well. But <laughs> you when... You served in Uruguay, right? I served in Uruguay. And when I saw that we were going to move on... And then that goal happened, I think, was for South Korea. Yeah, They scored. Took you out. And I just see Louis Swatter is just pretty much crying. And I'm like, I feel that. I kind of feel that with you, you know, not at the same level. But, um, yeah, it was a little depressing. I have a huge group message with, like, some people from my mission. And so they're all talking about it. But, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, more... More positive uh, thoughts then. there we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, fact, the fact that you are about to embark on another conference campaign, uh, BYU's got uh, a lot of work to do in the WCC. It's always a fun challenge. And then there's also a future challenge we don't talk a lot about, but it's there, and you get to be a part of that too. Your future still includes a lot of fun basketball in front of you still. It
5: does. I'm super excited. Like We have a lot of unfinished business with the WCC, and we haven't won it yet. So like that's our main mentality, our main goal. And it's – definitely in our grasp, you know, like there's a lot of good teams at the WCC, but we feel like we can play with the best of them. Um, we proved it in the Bahamas and we're just going to continue to get better. And then once the WCC ends, like we have a huge, you know, growing pattern that we need to take and a growing step that um, to just get ready for the Big 12.
0: Yeah, coach, regardless of what happens this year with Trev, you get to bring him into the Big 12. Okay? Yes, super excited about that. All right, anyway. let's take a break, guys. Uh, still on the way, we'll see coach uh, Pope and and Nell go toe-to-toe Toe to mistletoe? No, or with a Christmas edition of Name That Tune. So oh, stick with us, BYU basketball. Sure. Mark Pope continues I'm after this. <laughs>
5: <be>. I know.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, welcome back to BYU basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Today's well, Today's the uh, sixth of December. So that would be uh, our sixth day of uh, the Light the World campaign, Coach. We talked yes. about it last week, um, and you guys have been on social media and encouraging folks to, uh, to do something good for someone yeah. else yeah. this December. It's called Light the World. It's been going on uh, day by day. Uh, Trev, what's your feedback on this? Light
5: the World is an amazing opportunity to just serve. Um, we have a huge opportunity with Gideon Shoe Drive coming up next week. And uh, I just hope everybody can just donate something because it can change, you know, someone's life back in Africa or, or, just any place in the world. I know Trey's doing something with, you buy something, you donate a toy to the Dominican Republic for a kid. So like little things can just impact um, a lot of people, and it could be as simple as just smiling or just saying hi to somebody you don't know. But like just the tiniest thing can just change someone's day.
0: So, I'm glad you brought exciting. up Gideon's shoe drive because it's, uh, we're on the edge of it. Uh, there will be a container, a big container outside the annex starting Friday from the 9th all the way through the 18th. And then we'll have three occasions at the Marriott Center. The women's game this Saturday and then the men's games next Thursday and next Saturday will have containers at each of the four corners of the Marriott Center. And this is for uh, lightly used or even some yep. new shoes. Yep. Uh, if you bring shoes to the games or to the container at the annex, which will be an unattended container, you've got about a week and change uh, to help uh, the George Helping Hands Foundation. Yep. And it's an actual foundation for Gideon now that's helping to get this done.
2: Yep, it's 5013C, and and uh, he's been working really, really hard on it. He's got some other projects underway right now. It's pretty incredible. And... Um, you know, in Nigeria right now, um, the number one, uh, transmitter of disease, uh, for children under 18 years old is through, through their feet because, because they don't have shoes. And so this is an unbelievable effort. Uh, it was an incredible success last year. Cougar nation came out in a huge way. And you talk about having a chance to change, uh, young people's lives, um, to give them a pair of shoes when they don't have one. That's just, it just is a game changer, especially when you're talking about kids that are, you know, walking. Uh, you know, half an hour and hours and two hours to get to school every day and back. Um, it just is a huge deal. Um, so, you know, if you put on your Christmas list to stop by Target and buy a $40 pair of shoes just to bring it by, guys, it'd make a massive difference and almost an incomprehensible difference. So we're great for everybody that's coming out to help with that.
0: And again, the games are this Saturday for the women, and the next Thursday and Saturday for the men's games. Bring your shoes to the games. Either the four corners of the Merritt Center, you can drop them in as you go in. Last year, BYU fans responded with, I think, 6,000 pairs of shoes. We're trying to get to 10,000 this year. I think yeah. We think it can be done. All right, fantastic. Let's get to the uh, the fun and games portion of our show uh, now. It's our game show of the week. And uh, this week, in the spirit of the season, it is, uh, is a Christmas version of Name That Tune. Name That Tune. And so you all know how this goes. And name I'm that tune. You're not going to hear words. You're going to hear music. Name that tune. The objective is to name the song. I have no this. idea what this is. In I don't a either. Notes it's all the world. No, no <laughs> this is not the song. Oh. Okay. I'm a sweater. No, sweat. I It's going to to it is. I wouldn't be talking. So, yeah, the objective is to name the song in as few notes as possible. So, Ooh. we're going to play the song without words. As soon as you think you know what it is, just shout it out. Either one of you, whoever gets it first and gets it right, wins for the tune. You ready? put you stoked? Yeah, I'm... I'm Let's go. Okay. <laughs> uh, producer Hema says, if you sing along, if you sing some of the song once you've gotten it, it's extra, it's extra points. Okay. Here we go. Song number one.
1: you to no. no. the Snow.
5: Okay, but I was going to start singing no, it. No, I got it. That's I, not I, the I, name I, of the song.
0: Oh, is that? That's I'm not
5: the name the of the song.
2: Day bells ring, are you? What is it? <laughs>
0: Well, now you have made me mess up the whole team. Jingle bells. There we go, hey. Coach Pope. Jingle bells, A.K.A. Dashing through the snow. Take that, yeah. Trev. Well, oh, you're gonna kill me in this. <laughs>
2: Still undefeated. I, lo- I am a Christmas savant. 1-0. Wanna- oh, okay.
0: okay, and again, we're looking for the name of the song, not just the first words of the song, Coach Pope. Easy. All right, first one goes to Coach Pope. Uh, <laughs> like he,
5: he can't have so many guesses.
2: Number two. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> totally, I guessed wrong twice. <laughs> God rest many gentlemen.
0: Excellent. Coach Pope, two. Whoa! Already. <laughs> Santa's not coming to your house, bro. He's
2: <laughs> not going to be happy with your lack of Christmas carol. Ability. I, I sing the
0: song, I just don't know him. Okay, you guys ready for number three? All right, I'm going to go slower. Tune number chance. three
5: <laughs> The Three Kings. What's that?
0: Kings. Oh, I've got to go with that. We Three Kings. That's for Trevor. Nice job. You're back. You're in the game. You're back in the game. Okay. Uh, tune number four. <laughs> you know it? Yes. Let's hear it. Oh, come let us a Name of the song no. is Oh Faithful. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh come come on, on, Faithful. Oh come on, you faithful. Oh, on, faithful. Actually, you guys got t- through the no, snow.
2: Exactly. I feel like that,
0: that one's the same one. <laughs> I was <Okay>.
2: like three <laughs> octaves higher than I can see. i was like,
0: "Oh i All right, uh and and Hemma says that's Coach Pope plus a point because there was some singing Bring involved it, there. Great. Hemma. Okay, all right. So I have I have it right now uh, 3-1 Coach Pope with a bonus point for the song. All right, 4-1. Song number Let's 5. Go. Silent Night. Silent Night. Coach Pope is on a roll. At this wow. Point. You have to sing it. Go. <laughs> How do
5: you sing it? Remember last time I sang Happy Birthday? <laughs> <it good>?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Pope is uh, running away with things for the time being. Trevin, you can still make a comeback. This is worth three points right here. Uh, Coach Winner Pope just take just all. said all this all. is a three point song. Uh, song number six. Oh,
5: I can't feel it a holy night. Yeah, a holy night. Nice, nice job, the oh, Good job.
1: Yeah.
2: That's three points. <laughs> That's like the country, a holy night.
0: That not <laughs> We're strumming along here in the Christmas season. Uh, song number seven Away in a Major. Good job, Trevin Nell. Oh. Away oh, in a Major.
2: Come are right now.
0: Song <laughs> number eight.
5: I know it, too. I won't say it either. <laughs> Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
0: Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Coach Pope. I just had, had, to, get to, the, had to get to the chorus. You had to get to yes. the course. Okay. What's the score? <laughs> uh, I, I, unofficially, I've got uh, Coach Pope 5, Trevin 3. Well, I had that three-pointer. Uh, Coach Pope <laughs> had the three-pointer. Coach Pope <laughs> 5, Trevin did. 4. <laughs> there if, there call, okay, so we're calling 5-4. <laughs> <five, four. laughs> I appreciate that. 5-4. Uh, song 9. We have this many songs.
2: 12 Days of oh, Christmas. Oh, was about it. Uh, Good
5: job. 12 uh, Days of Christmas. Days when we're going 6-4, Coach Pope.
0: Okay. Oh, I sang, though, a little bit. I feel like that's the point. There, there was, a, there was, there was a thought that <laughs> H- Hemma might give you a bonus. Um, we have three more songs, and, wow. and the contest is still I'm undecided. Six to four, Coach Pope, we're saying at okay. this point. Number 10. Oh.
5: Angels we have heard on high. Good job, Trevin nice job. I that, Angels I we have heard it, on I high. It.
0: I didn't know I didn't know, I can't think of the words. Okay, uh, number 11. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Cheater! <laughs> Cheater! Right, it's nice.
1: Cheater! Cheater, It's an
0: unspoken love language, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, winner take all. This is it, we go. Down this. To is this. it, this is winner take all, it comes out to our final song, let her rip. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Coach Pope for the win. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Did you guys
1: know that? I am Christmas! You are Christmas. <laughs>
0: Coming to a t-shirt near you, all 7.
2: right? 7.4 seconds left, bucket. Let's, <laughs>
0: Let's do it If we did a Disney version, I think I would win. Yeah. Next time, Trevin's, uh, Producer Hemma, next time Trevin's on the show, it's Disney music. If we Nothing did a
2: Peanuts version, you don't even know what the Peanuts is. I guarantee I would win. I don't know about that. Charlie Brown
5: the action. Is?
0: I don't know. See? <laughs> These young generations. Coach Pope and I will go ahead and they have the Peanuts music. missed all the good music. stuff. All right. all right. Uh, next Tuesday, join us for more of this. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. December 13th, 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain Time. Coming up next, social media questions for Trevin and Coach Pope and BYU Basketball with Mark Pope returns on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
1: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. And by Smith's, fresh for everyone.
0: All right, so back on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. I haven't asked either of you guys uh, about the new uniforms. We have a set of four brand-new uniforms this year with white and royal and navy and black. Trev, first up, your, your review.
5: Um, I love them. I feel like they're a lot lighter. And just like, you know, you, you look good, you feel good, you play good. <laughs> Are you pleased with how it all came out, Coach Pope?
2: Yeah, I love them. I love the navy and royal. We were super excited about that. Uh, we this kind of been in the works for a year, and so we're super excited for those to come out.
0: That's a good look. Love it. All right, uh, we social... made a big
2: mistake, by the way.
0: Oh, what's that? Like, like, not that that's unusual.
2: The so. the the Christmas Carol contest was great, but if we had had Leanne and Tatum come down here, we made it a, a, a couples. I contest, think we're ta- I think we're taking it. That would have been that would have been fire. No, no, I, no, you got, no, no. I'm not giving I'm not giving Tatum. Man, I got Leanne. You got Tatum. It, that would have been like.
5: I thought we were mixing up. Like, it I got It, might it, I it, it <laughs> might. it <laughs> might have <laughs> come to
2: blows because we're competitive. These two are, like, f- crazy competitive.
0: Well, I know it would have been a shutout if it was those two against you two. I don't know. <laughs> Things could have gotten really ugly <laughs> no. that way. Uh, social media Q&A time. Let's go. Uh, this is a question for both of you, I guess. Um, what do you want for Christmas? Trevin, first.
5: Wow. What do I want for Christmas? That's a loaded question.
2: Um, it's not hard at all. What are you talking about?
5: I want to uh, step on a basketball court and let Coach Pope play me.
0: There we go. That's what I want for Christmas. Perfect answer, <laughs> Coach Pope. I'd like to have him to step on a basketball court and <laughs> let me play him. Good one. Uh, question two, Coach Pope. How do you measure progress besides wins and losses? Something fans can watch out for as well.
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, a bunch of stuff. So. One you know one, our number one thing every single day since the beginning of the season has been how can we protect the ball and all the things that come with that and so our trend has been really really successful so far. We love the direction we're going and that's been a huge success. Um, our assisted field goals. Is something that really, really matters to us. You have unassisted field goals and assisted field goals, and and we're on a really good trend line there. That's something that's really, really important to us. Um, Our ability to be disruptive on the defensive end, while costly in some moments, has shown tremendous progress since last year. And so, you know, these are a number of things that we're tracking where we just we 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 really believe that if we continue to make progress, that eventually we'll see the fruits of. Of, of that work um, coming to win last column. We just gotta keep pushing. We gotta keep pushing forward. Um, and there's some things where we, we believe that in, in over the course of the season and over the course of the next couple of years, we're gonna make some massive progress, but, the, but it's been a little bit of step backwards to start. There's also some categories there too, where we're kind of proceeding by faith um, and trying to stay as big picture focused as we can. Um, so a bunch of variables like that we're thinking about.
0: Okay. Uh, this is for Trevin. And I think I know the answer already because you just said you barely got cleared to shoot threes. But the question is, has Trevin Nell attempted any full court Steph Curry shots? And if so, of, 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 out of five, how many would be good? And maybe it's not now, maybe it's in the past. How, how good of a half court guy are you? And do you shoot Steph shots?
5: I think it would come down to me or Spencer to like, who would take the half court shot. Um, but like, I'm pretty confident from half court. <laughs> Full court, that's a whole different ball game. So Steph, I know the the videos. Like everybody's talking about Steph Curry's five in a row, and then just thrown behind his mm-hmm. head. People say it could be a little edited, but uh, wait, wait, what does Trevin say? It is edited.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is bold. Okay, let's go.
5: Um, But yeah, like it would be amazing to just hit one of those like that's incredible
0: so, are you like anybody else or are you like just in awe of Steph even though you're a in, shooter yourself yes
5: it is incredible the way he gets the ball off and as like his pace and like how he can just create space for himself because I feel like as shooters people know you can shoot so they crowd you so much and the way he can create his own space and you know his pace coming off screens and just how he moves
0: is is really incredible good con- uh good uh, uh Perspective from you. Appreciate it. Uh, Break time. Join us tomorrow night when the BYU Cougar Hoopsters take on the Crosstown Rivals UVU at the Marriott Center. Here's our game night broadcast schedule. Uh, BYU TV and BYU Radio get you going with uh, pregame coverage at 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain, the game itself on both BYU TV and BYU Radio, and then our TV and radio postgame coverage on both outlets afterward. Then Saturday, we're down in Las Vegas, BYU and number 21 Creighton at the Jack Jones Hoop Fest in the arena at Mandalay Bay. And again, we have one hour pregame coverage on both TV and radio, BYU TV and BYU Radio. FS1 for the game on TV, BYU Radio for Mark Durant and me on the call, and then back to BYU TV and radio for postgame coverage. As we take our break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. For which SEC and ACC basketball programs did Mark Pope work before coming to BYU? as an assistant coach in 2011? The answer is coming up next. Stay with us. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Here's tonight's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. For which SEC and ACC basketball programs did Mark Pope work before coming to BYU as an assistant coach in 2011? And the answer here is Georgia and Wake Forest. Georgia with ops, Wake Forest on the bench. What? Trevin? Did you, Trevin, you had this right. Trevin, you had this right. I really did, actually. Okay. Uh, so in the 60 seconds we have left, memories you could bring up right now, or one memory from those days.
2: Um, well, uh, when I was at Wake Forest, we weren't very good. So um, I remember two things. I remember going to the Dean Dome to play. It was my first time actually being with the team in that building, and I grew up as a as a giant fan of Dean Smith, and. Um, uh, from Georgia, I actually remember going on the road to Kentucky because my daughter Avery, uh, she was young at the time, and she only knew, she didn't know that, she just thought Kentucky blue was the color blue. She didn't know there was a blue, you could say blue. She thought it was Kentucky blue. And so when she rolled in there as a Georgia Bulldog. 10 seconds. And she realized that she had to wear red, she was, I mean, it was it was an episode. <laughs>
1: Great story to finish this out. Coach, thank you. Trevin, thank you, folks. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.